All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right, camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, Toyset. Hello, Woodward's Filmcast listeners. I'm here doing a solo podcast this week. <laughs> Informative and entertaining for you all, hopefully. My name is Colin Ward. It's been a crazy week for movies. Oscar nominees uh, came out. Definitely the talk of the town. Snubs, surprises, Oscar so white, dominating the discussion. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in a big discussion when we're all together next. Kill is busy recording and shooting a movie he's producing, so that's exciting. Maybe we'll review it on the filmcast one of these days. Uh, so I'm sitting here alone just talking to myself in my house, and it's a weird... Well, it's not that weird because I do this quite frequently, talk to myself and walk around the house. But I'm sitting here with a bottle of applesauce moonshine from a new local distillery in Royal Oak called Motor City Gas. So shout out to Motor City Gas and Royal Oak for supplying me with a drink while I record this for you. Let's just dive right in. Uh, the first category that I'm discussing is Best Sound Editing. The nominees are Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Sicario, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. I think these are all deserving and exciting nominees. I think the sound design in Sicario was incredible. And I think the sound design in Mad Max was also great. Uh, it's hard to distinguish, and I always forget but the difference between mixing and editing. I think mixing has to do with the music and the dialogue and how that's edited in. And then the edit sound editing is, you know, action effects, gunshots, and all kind of like the, the sound created by um, people that are in the movie universe, if that makes sense. I might be totally wrong on that. But that's kind of what how I'm judging and how I think it's supposed to be. So if I had to pick a gut reaction for who's going to win that category, I'm going to go with Mad Max Fury Road. It's big, it's loud, it's fun, and it has some great sound to it. Um, I'm going to kind of be doing my gut initial thoughts on who I think is going to win throughout this. Um, that could change while we get closer to the actual day itself and I read who's winning different different guild awards and different uh, SAGs are coming up. Critics' Choice just happened. Um, so this all could change, but my initial gut reaction for best sound editing is going to be Mad Max Fury Road. Now moving on to sound mixing, the nominees are Bridge of Spies, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Now, it's it's weird that, like, 
there's something so different that like Bridge of Spies can make it into the mixing but not the editing, and Sicario can make it into the editing and not the mixing. Again, I'm kind of fuzzy on the details of what really are those those two mean. <laughs> um, so that being said, I'm going to stick with Mad Max Fury Road for winning sound mixing. The way that they incorporate the score and overlap that with the sound effects is just, it's, it's something real special. Not only is it beautiful to look at, but I saw Mad Max in a huge Dolby Atmos theater and I was, I think I like wet my pants. That's how intense and glorious the sound was. Um, so Mad Max Fury Road has my vote for best sound mixing. Moving on to visual effects. Visual effects. Let me see if I can find that category here on the phone. All right. We got Ex Machina, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. I think Star Wars does a great job on their effects. Everything looks pretty great. Um... It just looks really nice. It looks clean. It looks crisp. Uh, there was some really talented work there. Um, my interesting nominee for this category is The Revenant. They literally got a visual effects nomination for a bear. Now, it's it's a great-looking bear, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I think there's other movies that use visual effects way better than The Revenant did, especially in a year that we had such great action movies. Um, I was really shocked to see The Revenant get one for visual effects. As great as that bear looks, I don't know if it warrants a whole nomination. Especially since the film is, like, really championing, like, shooting with natural light and shooting on location with all this stuff that is actually made and not visually corrected. Um, so that's an interesting nominee. Um, I'm going to have to go with Mad Max again. I think Mad Max is going to sweep these technical categories. They did it at the Critics' Choice Awards uh, on this past Sunday. Won, I think, nine awards, all technical. And then George Miller won for director at the Critics' Choice. But yet somehow lost Best Picture to Spotlight, which won three awards. Best Picture included. We'll get into that, I'm sure. And we'll have a major discussion about all the award shows that has happened on the actual Woodward's film cast. Um, but visual effects, Mad Max Fury Road has my vote. It's a beautiful looking movie. They did such amazing work. And as as much of those stunts were done live... Um, Clearly not all of it was done live, and there's some really talented and seamless visual effects happening in that. So Mad Max is my gut reaction for winning best visual effects. Moving on to production design, we got Bridge of Spies, The Danish Girl, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, and The Revenant. Uh... All really well-designed films. I think Bridge of Spies is impeccably designed. Um, 
it looks beautiful. Danish Girl also is such a stunning film to look at. Not a huge, huge fan of the movie overall, but looks as far as design and costumes are so, so great. Um, The Revenant looks beautiful, of course. Um, Again, I'm going Mad Max Jerry Road. Now you say, Colin, wait, that movie takes place in the desert. How is there that much production going on here? All those cars are designed, and all those cars are so crazy and imaginatively designed that if this film doesn't win production design, I might throw a chair across the room. Um, Mad Max Fury Road will win production design at the Oscars. Moving on to makeup and hair. Now, I have a huge gripe about makeup and hair and why they only allow three nominees in the category when every other category gets five nominees. Why only three for makeup and hair? It's just as important as costumes, as production design. You can have a costume designer that designs a great piece of costume and... If it's not designed well as far as the overall look with, uh, like, an appropriate hair, appropriate makeup, it's going to not look right at all. So I really do not understand why makeup and hairstyling is the only category that gets three when there is amazing work done every year by makeup artists and hairstyling artists. I think it's a real slap in the face to not nominate five of them. Maybe there's a real reason for this. I have, I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's a silly, silly thing for the Academy to do. Add it to the list of silly things that the Academy does every year. But the nominees for makeup and hairstyling are Mad Max, Fury Road, The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out of the Window and Disappeared, which I've never fucking heard of that movie, <laughs> but... If they did old age makeup on a 100-year-old man, kudos. And The Revenant. Uh, This might be a tricky one. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with both Revenant and Mad Max. I think the makeup in The Revenant is so crucial to the movie itself. Um, I I, I don't know. This is one I'm going to kind of be going back and forth. My gut... My gut reaction is saying Mad Max Fury Road will take this one. Um, But as we get down the line and Oscars come closer, I might change that to The Revenant. Just because it is very great and it aids so much in the storytelling of that movie. Um, But for now, I'm saying Mad Max Fury Road wins makeup and hairstyling. Next up is Costumes. Best Costume Design. The nominees are Carol, Cinderella, The Danish Girl, Mad Max Fury Road, and The Revenant. Now, I feel like I'm saying Mad Max and The Revenant literally every time because I I think I have so far. Um, I should say The Revenant has 12 nominations and Mad Max has 10 nominations. Um, the two most nominated films of the Oscars, so we'll be hearing a lot of them. Um, 
the Oscars are, are, are weird when it comes to things like this. Um, costume design, editing, makeup, and hairstyling. Typically, what I my rule of thumb for this is best often means most in the Oscar universe. Most costume, most makeup, most editing. Um, so if I'm going by that rule... Um, Cinderella is probably going to win costume design. Um, I haven't seen Cinderella. I really want to. I've heard great things about it. I have seen production photos and the trailer, and those costumes look immaculate. Sandy Powell consistently delivers great and beautiful work. Um, so possibly Cinderella, possibly The Revenant, and possibly Mad Max. I think those are three all deserving um, deserving winners uh, for this category. Just depends, are they going to, is everyone going to jump on the Mad Max bandwagon? I know I would be. I want Mad Max to win everything it possibly can. Um, so I think... Mad Max Fury Road is going to win. Just because the intricate designs on Mad Max that, and the things that you noticed on a second or third viewing that are so crucial to co- the costume and the character that is wearing that costume. I love, like, I think it's the owner of Gastown who has, like, nipple clamps on and the owner of the Bullet Farm who is just, his outfit is made just of, like, bullets and he just has like machine gun bullets just hanging off like that make an outfit uh it's it's really impressive impressive um i'm gonna say mad max fury road wins costume design moving on to editing best film editing we got the big short mad max fury road the revenant spotlight and star wars the force awakens i always think it is super hard to edit action films. Um, so my hat's off to the editors of Mad Max Fury Road and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Both those movies are edited in a way that really helps the action. And it doesn't give you whiplash. It doesn't jerk your head. You're not confused about where you are. Um both Star Wars and Mad Max do a great job of that, as opposed to something like earlier this year when we saw Avengers Age of Ultron. The editing was so fast-paced that you kind of lose wherever you are in an action scene. Um, editing super, super important to those action scenes. I think Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> I sound like a broken record, but I think Mad Max Fury Road, if I was voting, I would be choosing um, that for best editing. Just nothing, I don't think anything is out of place in Mad Max Fury Road. Not a single cut or edit is not right where it needs to be. Um, super impressive work. Um, Mad Max Fury Road, best film editing. All right, moving on to cinematography. Uh, here we have the nominees, Carol, The Hateful Eight, Mad Max Fury Road, The Revenant, and Sicario. 
I, if I was voting, I would be voting for the Revenant. Um, but if the Revenant wins, that means Emmanuel Lebetsky will have won three Oscars in a row. The odds of that happening, I'm not really sure. Um, that would be super impressive. I don't know if anyone has ever done that. Um, that being said, The Revenant is such a beautiful film, and without that impeccable cinematography, I don't think I would have liked the movie as much as I did. Um, it's crucial to to that movie. Um, the camera work, the natural lighting, it's all beautiful. I'm going to vote for The Revenant for best cinematography. Although I think Mad Max has a huge chance... Um, for winning this one as well. But I'm going with The Revenant for best cinematography and Lebetsky for the three-peat. Best original score. Uh, this is the music that accompanies um, the movies. So we got Bridge of Spies, Carol, The Hateful Eight, Sicario, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, these are all great scores. It's, I want to say the score for, um, the Danish girl, um, is fantastic and is snubbed. And I want to say that the score for Brooklyn is also snubbed, but it's hard to say that those are snubbed when I'm looking at these nominees and they're all great scores. So it's just a case of there just being so much great work this year that it's hard to, to narrow it down to five. Um, I loved the Hateful Eight score. Um, it's super prominent in the beginning and in the middle. Um, in listening to the Hateful Eight soundtrack, um, on Spotify, it's the most unique, I think. Um, and the fact that, uh, Morikane has never won an award for his scores and him delivering some of the most classic Western scores. I think this is a great opportunity to not only award a great score for the year, but also a tip of the hat for all the great work that he's done for cinema. So I'm going to say The Hateful Eight wins Best Original Score at the Oscars. Moving on to Best Original Song. Now, this is a song written specifically for the movies. We got Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey, Manta Ray from Racing Extinction, Simple Song Number 3 from Youth, Till It Happens to You from The Hunting Ground, and Writings on the Wall from Spectre. This category frustrates me so much. I remember a time when <laughs> the songs that were nominated from movies were like actual songs that you hear on the radio. Um, I, I definitely heard Earned It on the radio, and I've heard Writings on the Wall on the radio. Till It Happens to You, written by, um, I think it's Dionne Warren and uh, Lady Gaga, I know that's been a prominent song in social media, um, so that's a good so that's a good nominee too. Um, but then we get songs like, I mean, granted, I haven't heard these songs, so I probably can't really judge this. But songs like "Simple Song Number Three 
and Manta Ray. Um, I don't think people have fucking heard these songs. If I haven't heard these songs and I see a lot of movies, I can't imagine an everyday Oscar viewer knowing these songs. When you can, when you have songs um, like See You Again from Furious 7 and uh, Love Me Like You Do from Fifty Shades of Grey, both popular songs and good songs that fit in the movie. Um, I think those are, are definitely two nominees that should be in here. Also, the song from Love and Mercy, written by Brian Wilson for the film. Like, and and this is another thing. If we have these performances that happen at the Oscars of performances of songs, it would be beneficial to the Oscars to nominate popular singers to get a better audience since the Oscar viewership has been lower and lower every year. I think consistently lower every year. Um, so nominate people like Ellie Goulding, um, who has a fan base. Nominate people like Wiz Khalifa and I forget the guy who does See, see You Again. But that, those are popular songs. People are going to want to tune in to watch that. People are not going to want to tune in to watch Manta Ray from Racing Extinction. I don't know. That, I digress. That might be a good song, but who knows. Um, I'm voting... Ugh. God, I don't know. Till It Happens to You um, from The Hunting Ground. I love Lady Gaga, so I want her to get an EGOT in my lifetime. So I'm going to say Till It Happens to You. And it's a really good song. It's a powerful song, and it's been dominating social media. Um, it drink, brings attention um, to this rape ep- epidemic on college campuses that... Um, People need to fucking wake up and pay attention to this. So, um, Hunting Ground, amazing and disturbing and shocking documentary that everyone should see. I think it should be rewarded with at least this Oscar for Best Original Song. All right, moving on to the shorts. Um, These ones are a live-action short, a animated short and a documentary short now these are almost impossible to see by people um i mean it definitely should be recognized i wish that they're more easily available for an everyday audience to see i know that here in detroit the theater at the dia i think shows them like for one weekend um which is cool i'm gonna try to see those um this year, but the DIA is not the best theater. They don't have a great projection system, and they really don't have a good sound system. Um, I know in the past, they've put them on iTunes, which is an amazing idea, but I remember seeing these the seeing like the nominees on iTunes and you can rent them for you know five ninety nine and I rented them. But all the nominees weren't there, which is really upsetting for someone who wants to see all of them. Um, so let's go uh, start with anima- short film animated. We got Bear Story, Prologue, Sanjay's Super Team, We Can't Live Without Cosmos, 
and World of Tomorrow. I've actually seen one of these, and I've seen it recently. World of Tomorrow is on Netflix, and it's 16 minutes, and it is funny, profound, disturbing. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's really good. I, I want to check it out again because there's, there's a lot going on in it, and it's really uniquely animated and designed. Um, I, I mean, I, that's the only one I've seen. I can't really predict these, so I'm just going to say World of Tomorrow because it's the only one I've seen. But you guys can check it out. It's free on Netflix. Uh, short film, live action. We got Ave Maria, Day One, Everything Will Be Okay, Shook, Sh- and Shudder. Um, I haven't seen any of these. I can't really, can't really judge them. Wish I could. Maybe in a few weeks I'll have seen them and can give you guys a prediction on those. Uh, then what well, we got documentary, documentary short. Um, Body Team 12, um, Cho, Chu, Cho, ba, Beyond the Lines, Claude Lanzman, Spec, Spitch, Sp- I, God, I can't pronounce that, Spectres, Spectres of the Show, Shaw, I don't know, A Girl in the River, The Price of Forgiveness, and Last Day of Freedom. Uh, I've never seen any of those movies either. Um, can't really judge for you guys. Uh, maybe in the next few weeks. I feel like I've heard good things about Body Team 12, though. Um, so I'm definitely going to try to check that out. Because I think I've heard a few people and critics say that that's, that's a pretty, gr- pretty great one to see. Um, but... I don't know. I have no prediction on those. Um, so those are the shorts. Um, moving on to foreign language film, we got Embrace of the Serpent uh, from Colombia, Mustang from France, Son of Saul from Hungary, Teeb from Jordan, and A War from Denmark. Um, obviously, Son of Saul has been the talk of pretty much the year. I can't wait for it to come here. Um, it doesn't come here until February, though, which is such a bummer. Um, comes to the, the main the main theater in Royal Oak um, in the middle of February. I can't wait to see Son of Saul. Um, I know it's going to be a brutal and not probably not a fun watch, but I hear just such great, great things about it as far as um, the way the material is presented, the way it's filmed, and, and the performances. I believe it won Best Director at Cannes um, last year as well. So um, that's the front runner. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of these movies. Um, I've heard great things about Mustang, too, from France. Um, those are two, two of these movies that I want to check out. I probably, I, want, I, I mean, I want to see all of them because... You know, we're so limited to the American movies this year that we forget that there's a whole world making and presenting movies that tell stories that, you know, are specific to their culture and their history that, you know, we would benefit so much from watching. Um, 
So I'm going to try to check out as many of these foreign language films, even ones that aren't nominated, as I can. Um, foreign films are just something that I wish I wish living here in Michigan we have way more exposure to. Um, but yeah, um, Son of Saul, I think, is the front runner now. Um, hopefully I'll be able to see that before the Oscars and can maybe give you guys a mini review on that. Going to Best Documentary, we got Amy, Cartel Land, The Look of Silence, What Happened, Miss Simone, and Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. I, the past two years have actually been really great for being able to watch these documentaries before the Oscar time. I know before Netflix and before HBO... Um, and before all these apps that are on um, on, TV, uh, on my, the Apple TV, um, it was really hard to catch these documentaries because you know there isn't a huge market for them here in Michigan. But Winter on Fire, What Happened, Miss Simone, Cartel Land are all on Netflix. Um, I've seen What Happened, Miss Was Happened, Miss Simone, and I've seen Amy. Um, two great, great movies about artists. I actually saw them, I think I mentioned this in the podcast when we did it a while ago. I saw them like a day after each other, so it was just a, a tragic and great few days of music and what these performers mean to me as a person, but also to um, our culture and what they've done. Um, I loved Amy. I th- that has my vote. I hear fantastic things about Cartel Land, so I'm really excited. I think that got put on Netflix either today or yesterday. Um, also, The Look of Silence, which is kind of a companion piece to The Act of Killing, which I believe won um, the Oscar a year or two ago, um, continues the examination of the... Um, the genocide and um, oh shit, I'm going to sound like an idiot here for not remembering the country. Uh, gosh, what is it? Oh, you're going to have to edit this. Not, it's, it's not, Mal- is it Malaysia? Um, I know it's somewhere in that area. Give me a second. Give me a second. I'll remember this. Indonesia, Indonesia, that's it. Um, <laughs> please edit around that. Don't make me sound like an idiot. Um, okay, I'm going to start over here. I hear great things about The Look of Silence. It's a companion piece to The Act of Killing, which I believe won the documentary, um, best documentary a few years ago. Um, same director, continues the examination and the effect of the genocide in Indonesia. Um, definitely want to check that out. I know it's available on iTunes to rent. Um, might have to give that one a rent. Hopefully, maybe it will come on Netflix um, leading up to up to the Oscars so people can check that out. Um, I'm going to go for Amy. Um, it's just such a well, well-made movie um, that you know, people who only know Amy Winehouse from the headlines and tabloids, um, I think will be really shocked and surprised. I loved 
Amy Winehouse as an artist and um, just seeing what happened to her and family and friends and the media just, you know, it constantly got me asking, like, oh, if this happened, if this would have went differently, would she still be with us today? If this if this one thing happened, would she still be here? Um, one of the best artists, uh, um, one of my favorite artists. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little choked up here. Um, so I hope, I hope that gets recognition, that she will get... Um, uh, this this honor that people have seen seen her um, maybe in a different light. Um, so hopefully Amy will pull through for a documentary feature. Moving on to animated uh, film, best animated film. Scrolling up here, we got Anomalisa, Boy and the World, Inside Out, Shaun the Sheep movie, and When Marnie Was There. Um, well, I've never fucking heard of two of these movies. <laughs> when Marnie was there and Boy in the World. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're good. They wouldn't be nominated if they weren't good. I'm looking at some images of, of both of them and they mean they look beautiful. I just wish I would have known that these were movies at some point. <laughs> um... I mean, Inside Out is, I think, the clear front runner here. It was just a huge year for for that movie, um, and what um, that movie addresses and addresses so well. Um, I think Inside Out's gonna gonna take this animated feature film, I, even though I loved Anomalisa and actually have Anomalisa rated higher um, in my top ten films of the year. Um, I still think Inside Out will take this. Um, even I think I would even be voting for Inside Out just because um, how it approached this very serious and almost needed to approach this the subject matter for kids um, and made it accessible for them, but as also accessible for teens and adults. Um, huge accomplishment. Um, that being said, Anomalisa is. Fucking amazing. I love that movie. Um, so I think Inside Out will be winning animated film of the year. Moving on to the screenplays, we'll start with Adapted first. We got The Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, and Room. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. Um, I'll say this again. The Martian and Room. Um all nominated for adapted screenplay. Uh, I I don't know what they'll go with here. Um, I I think for me the clear and obvious choice is the Big Short. I think what that movie and how that movie made something like the housing market crisis um, accessible for audiences um, is such a tremendous accomplishment. I. I know I have, I'm an idiot with um, that type of stuff. And the fact that I walked out of that movie and, like, yeah, I still don't fully understand because I'm not that smart, but I understood it better 
than what I did when I walked into that movie. So I think The Big Short should win uh, adapted screenplay. It um, it does such a great job of of telling that story, um, being funny and serious at the same time, and informational, um, and a huge like indictment on the banking industry. Um, it, it it ticks all the boxes and what I expect out of it a great screenplay, and I think it's um, not only the best adapted screenplay, but maybe even the best screenplay period of the year. Um, that being said, let's move on to original screenplay. Uh, we got Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, and Straight Outta Compton. Uh, this is where I think there's going to be difference between me and the Academy. I think Spotlight is going to be winning this this award. I think the Academy will give it to Spotlight. I personally will be giving it to Inside Out. Um, the creativity and the originality and the humor and sadness, the emotions <laughs> that they achieved out of that. And like I said, making it um, both accessible for kids and adults. And just the fact that, like, psychologists that I know are, like, using this movie as, like, a template to help people understand is, like, way greater. <laughs> um, it's, like, such a such an achievement in itself. Um, that being said, not to diminish Spotlight at all, I'm, I think the screenplay and the pacing of that movie is the best part about that movie. But it's... Um, an inherently interesting story to begin with. I mean, it's based off of the, um, the. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure as everyone knows, it's based off of the investigative report of, you know, the sexual abuse um, in Boston of the priest. Um, so not, like, totally original. <laughs> I know that's kind of like a dickish thing to say, but... Um, like that stuff kind of always bugs me when I see original screenplay, like straight out Compton, uh, great screenplay, but it is like based off of like things that actually happen and that are like written down somewhere. Um, same thing with spotlight and bridge of spies. Like those, that's just all like history. (laughs) I don't know. That might just be, just be me being a dick, but when I think original screenplay, I think of like original like ideas and concepts. Um, Ex Machina is a great example, and so is Inside Out. Um, so I'm going to say Inside Out um, would be my vote, but I think Spotlight is going to be taken original screenplay. Um, moving on to directing, uh, this is, in my opinion, maybe the hardest one to call um, for me. Uh, I mean, let me go over the nominees first. We got Adam McKay for The Big Short, George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road, Alejandro G. Inuritu for The Revenant, Lenny Abramson for Room, and Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. Um, I, I know I wasn't with you guys for when we did the review of Room. Um, I enjoyed Room, um... I didn't think it was a, a, a great film. Um, and I, I, I honestly was shocked when 
um, Lenny Abramson got a, a, a nomination for directing, um, beating out the lights of Todd Haynes for Carol and um, Ryan Coogler for Creed and um, who else? Steven Spielberg for Bridge of Spies. I, I just, I always wonder like what their like reasoning for for these things are. Um, it, it's a good movie, but Room is only nominated for actress, director, screenplay, and picture. Um, when I think of director, I think not only the way that the material is handed, but also its grasp and how they control the environment and have a, you can see their stamp on every technical aspect of the film. So when we have something like Carol that is nominated for multiple um, production um, nominees, for like score, costumes, uh, production design, and Todd Hayes doesn't get a directing award, and Carol doesn't get a best picture. Well, I'll get into that when we get there. Carol not nominated for best picture. Um, so I, th- I think Lenny Abramson is an interesting choice for directing. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good film. He does a great job. I'm not going to say he shouldn't be here. Well, maybe I just did say that he shouldn't, shouldn't be involved in this conversation with these other directors here. I think... Um, I think George Miller is going to get this. Uh, I know Inuritu won at the Golden Globes, but I think he won at the Golden Globes because he didn't win directing last year for Birdman. Uh, that went to Richard Linkletter last year at the Golden Globes. So I think uh, George Miller will win director. I hope to God he wins best director. Um I don't see them giving it to Inuritu two years in a row. That would be um, weird and surprising, even though I don't think he deserved it last year. he would, If he deserved it for one, it would be this movie. Um, but George Miller just, you know, I didn't think that someone who, you know, his last two movies were animated films could pull something that badass and that imaginative and creative out um and it and it worked that well um George Miller all the way for best director for me now let's move on to the acting categories uh we're starting with supporting actor uh, we got Christian Bale for the big short Tom Hardy for the revenant Mark Ruffalo for spotlight Mark Rylance for bridge of spies and Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Uh, I'm super, super happy that Tom Hardy got into um, this mix. I know his name's kind of been floating around in all the predictions. Sometimes he's out of the top five. Sometimes he was in the top five. To me, that is my favorite performance in The Revenant. I think his character is fascinating and interesting, and the way he does it is great. Um so hands off or hats off to <laughs> hands off to Tom Hardy. <laughs> that would be painful. But um, hats off to um, Tom Hardy um, for getting in the supporting role. I, I loved him there. And have had, or I mean, if Mark Rylance 
and Sylvester Stallone weren't in this category, I would say Tom Hardy has a very good chance of winning this. But those two actors are in here, and both of those actors were just dynamite. Not only, you know, great supporting performances, but just some of the best performances of any caliber delivered this year come from Mark Rylance and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Obviously, Stallone has the momentum winning the Golden Globe, winning the Critics' Choice. He is, you know, an old, not old, but like an older Hollywood icon um, who's won before, who's, you know, this is kind of a redemption for him for some of his more recent movies. Um, He plays a boxing trainer, which the Academy loves. There's cancer, which the Academy loves, but, I mean, more so than that, um, it's a really, really great performance by him. Um, I was shocked that he was um, that that great in it, and it really reminded me how how good of an actor he is, not only, you know, in the big emotional scenes, but, you know, just what I got from him being silent and his reactions were just were great. He he brought me to tears multiple times in that movie and I I love Creed so I'm happy that it's nominated for something um and I think um Sylvester is a is going to win for supporting actor um and rightfully so. Moving on to supporting actress we got no uh yes, supporting actress. We got Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful 8, Rooney Mara for Carol. Rachel McAdams for Spotlight, Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl, and Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. Now, Kate Winslet won the Golden Globe a few weeks ago uh, for Steve Jobs. Alicia Vikander won the Critics' Choice for Supporting Actor. Um, Alicia was nominated for Best Actress at the Golden Globes, as well as Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara won Best Actress at Cannes Film Festival, so this is literally a, you know, a shit show, <laughs> but in the best way possible. Um, I really have no idea who's going to win this one. Um, and that's not even talking about Jennifer Jason Lee, who's incredible in The Hateful Eight. Um, if I'm picking on performance, I'm going to say Rooney Mara for Carol. Um, if I'm picking on what best fits a supporting performance because let's be honest, Alicia Vikander and Rooney Mara, those are two lead performances. They were nominated for lead at Golden Globes. They share just as much, if not more, screen time than their fellow actors and actresses that are nominated for leads. Um, so if I'm going just for a supporting performance, I would say Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. Um, But if I'm going for, I think, the more sentimental, maybe not sentimental, but more um, performance I'm championing just because of an incredible year, I'm going to say Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. Um, She was my favorite part about The Danish Girl, other than than the style style and look of The Danish Girl. but I also loved her in Ex Machina, and she was, as much as I wasn't a fan of the movie, I liked her in The Man from Uncle. Um, she had a just a huge breakout year in such talent, and um, so 
I think Alicia Vikander will win um, for this. But we got SAG coming up. Um, SAG will be a good a good teller for who might win the Oscar for that. Moving on to a lead actor, actor in a lead role. We got Brian Cranston for Trumbo, Matt Damon for The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, and Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. I mean, this is Leo's year, isn't it? I, I, I don't think there's any stopping him. Um, he's, he's really great in The Revenant. Um, is it the best Leonardo DiCaprio performance I've ever seen? No. But is it time for him to win an Oscar? I think so. So, based on that, I'm, 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 I'm voting for Leo, and I think the Academy will, too, um, for Leonardo DiCaprio leading role. Going on to actress in the leading role, we got Kate Blanchett for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years, and Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. Um, I don't think we said enough things about how great a performance both Brie Larson and um, Saoirse Ronan give in their movies. Um, we talked about them both extensively on the on the podcast um, when we reviewed those movies. Um, I think Brie Larson's going to take this. Um, she's won every award leading up to it. Um, if I was voting, I would be voting for Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. Uh, what she does in that movie is just so great and so real and so visceral. And um, she, I don't. In the last five minutes, I don't think she has a. She doesn't say a word, but the looks that she's giving in those last five minutes of forty-five years are some of the most intense, beautiful, haunting, scary looks I've seen um maybe ever in movies um it's it's quite a performance um i'm so happy she's at least nominated i would be voting for charlotte rampling but i think brie larson is getting this for room and that leads us to best picture shit i've been talking for 50 minutes on my own about about this stuff but we've come to the final category the nominees for Best Picture are The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room, and Spotlight. Eight nominees for Best Picture. Um, the Academy allows up to ten nominees, so why the hell is there only eight nominees? I, I think I've said this every year. Since they've done this award, if you're going to have 10 nominees, just have 10 nominees. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The Oscars are about gaining publicity for these movies to make more money so movies can make more money. Just have 10 movies so 10 movies can make more money. It's super frustrating. I think we'll discuss this um, when we all sit down together. But to not nominate a movie like Inside Out for Best Picture is one of the worst omissions <laughs> I think I've I've seen in a long time. Um, 
that movie not only critical success but box office success and it's just such a great movie and i i mean carol carol can be in this conversation too it has six nominations yet doesn't receive a best picture nomination where room has three nominations and gets a best picture and brooklyn has two nominations and gets a best picture um Carol can should be in this conversation. Inside Out should be in this conversation. And honestly, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but it, it's in the it's in my top twenty for sure. But Star Wars: The Force Awakens, you're just not going to award um, the most successful movie in American history. Like that's that's just ridiculous. Come on, Academy. Everyone liked that movie. That's a fun movie. Like. Get that stick out of your ass. You don't need to go for these for highbrow art all the time. You're not like the. Uh, I, it's 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 frustrating, but just Star Wars, most successful movie in American history, not nominated for Best Picture. I think that will be printed in film books for film classes. In years to come. Um, so this being said, we got the nominees. Uh, my dream would be Mad Max would take this award too. Um, I think Spotlight's going to take it. Which, if my predictions are right, Spotlight will win Screenplay and Best Picture. And <laughs> I guess that's enough. <laughs> I I would love Matt. I my my thing is I think people might well I think they'll give George Miller director but won't give it best picture and best director be you know and all the technical awards it's going to win that will be Mad Max's prizes but the academy is not going to not not going to give an action movie best picture. I mean they never do that. They rarely nominate them let alone have them win. Um, so in a perfect world, Mad Max will be winning. Mad Max is going to win the most awards regardless. Um, regardless, I think it will be the one movie that everyone's talking about after the Oscars. But I think they'll give it to Spotlight. Uh, it just won the Critics' Choice. I have a feeling it's going to win the SAG Award for Acting Ensemble. Rightfully so. It's a great acting ensemble. They all do really great work in it. Um, I think we get the PGA Awards um, coming up in the next few days, and that's going to be a huge, huge um, detector for what's going to win Best Picture because the PGA Awards are the only other Guild Awards that um, use the pre- uh, what is it Prefer- preferential or the ba- the same ballot system that the Oscars use. Um, So we'll see um, how that breaks down and who will walk away with the PGA award. Um, That will be a good, good predictor of who will win best picture. I think something like 15 out of the last 20 movies that won best picture at the PGA awards went went on to win um, at the Oscars. So that's a, that's a good sign. So keep your eyes out for that in the next few days. Um, so that's it. 
that is my rambling with some moonshine in my in my glass um, talking about the Oscars. I hope um, you guys had fun listening to this. I hope that Mitch, Kale, and myself can sit down and have a conversation about some of the stuff that I brought up um, and get Kale's opinion on this uh, as well. Um, sorry we haven't been updating as much um, to the film cast. Kale is just super busy producing this film, but you know, great thing about independent film, they have such a short schedule that um, we'll get back here soon and give you reviews of uh, hopefully Spotlight we'll be reviewing for you guys. Um, the Revenant we'll be reviewing for you guys. We'll talk about Oscar. We'll talk about SAG. We'll talk about Guild Awards. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up for the film cast in the next yeah, few weeks. So bear with us maybe another week or two before we can all get back together and get start giving you more weekly content. We appreciate everyone who listens and tunes into us. Um, I have a personal speaking, personally speaking, that means so much um, to me that you guys take the time and um, listen to us. Um, that that that's great. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, if you have predictions about Oscars or predictions or comments, snubs, surprises, who you wish to see um, at the Oscars, what you think Chris Rock will be bringing up, are you looking forward to that? please email us at woodwordsfilmcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet to the Woodwards Twitter account or shoot us a message on Facebook. Uh, I'd love to talk about uh, what you guys are thinking um, next time we all sit down. Uh, my name's Colin Ward. Thank you uh, for listening. Happy movie season. Happy New Year. Um, we'll be back with you guys um, in a few weeks. Thanks. Cheers. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production. Your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk. <laughs>